Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hello, and welcome to the Viewmasters, episode 237. Sunset Boulevard. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Eric. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you That's doing? It's good. This is only the third time I've asked you that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we we like to check in on each other. You it's know, true. from from minute to minute to make sure that we're still doing okay. <laughs> I may space it out a little more, but I will check back with you, uh, you know, shortly. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> and I will reciprocate. Excellent. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah, that's a movie. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's the movie that we're that we're uh, ostensibly talking about today. It's true. <laughs> I, I think uh, the first thing I'd like to mention about it, though, is that. Um, has every other movie after this one was made ripped it off? Um, or at least okay. Let me let me uh, be more specific. Has okay. every episode of Animaniacs ripped off this uh, movie? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> With, without question. Alrighty. <laughs> uh, I remember, like the first time that I watched uh, Apocalypse Now. Uh, back in like, you know, the, the mid nineties, uh, like after I watched it, the first thing I said was, uh, I now get like half of the jokes from the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. This this is definitely one of those movies. (laughs) Uh, I had known, uh, yeah, I, I, like I, I, I knew, certain things that happened in this movie, but only from other things, and maybe not necessarily that it was from this movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like uh, like like what specific things? Uh for the first thing, the the very opening scene of uh the man floating dead in a pool, uh face down, uh with with uh, a narrator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, spoiler, eventually it being revealed that he's the one who's dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also the, uh, I'm ready for my close-up scene. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely... I remember the, the first time I watched this, because I, I saw this first when I was in college. Um, and the, the first time I watched it, I didn't realize that that, that that was a quote from a movie. <laughs> Okay. Or that, or that, this was the movie that that's from. So, like, when it got to that part, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> like, so many light bulbs went off in my head, right? Uh, like, yeah, like I knew it was a thing, but I, you know, yeah, I did not know that it was specifically from this movie, right? Uh, I, you know, I guess maybe I thought it was like something that an actual person actually said. Yeah, I could see something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz cuz did did Dot say it a lot on on Animaniacs? Is that what I'm thinking of? <laughs> it, I'm sure she did. Yeah. 
I, I haven't uh, seen that show in forever, but uh, it had to have happened, right? I would imagine so. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Norma Desmond appeared at some point and said it herself. Probably. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so, uh, Gloria Swanson as, yes. as Norma Des- Des- Desmond. Yes. Yeah. Um, so easily the most subtle and understated performance in cinematic history. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like on a, on a, uh, Nicholas Cage, level in in like face-off subtlety for sure (laughs) no she is bananas (laughs) and i love it it's it's an enjoyable performance for sure but you know uh as far as storytelling goes it's uh i mean she starts at 11 yes I mean, like, just, it is almost unbelievable how wackadoodle she is. Yeah, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's impressive, because she does start at 11, and then somehow manages to dial it up from there. <laughs> like, just the... the she has the craziest eyes I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> she does and, have the crazy eye for sure, and, and they just get crazier as the as the movie goes. <laughs> like I, f- I feel like you get sort of flashes of uh, of not so crazy at certain points, but even those are like those are just like a different kind of crazy and a different kind of mania. Right. And it's, it's really, it's, she's really good. Um, <laughs> uh, it is, uh, I think it was, it was kind of hard for me to, uh, appreciate her performance, I guess, because it is so over the top. Yeah, uh, that you know, in, in some of those uh, quieter moments, uh, <laughs> such as you, they are, such, su- yeah, such as they are, uh, it is it is hard to. It's really hard to sympathize with her at all at any point in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, it's I I think it would be easier to sympathize with her if she didn't come off as strong as she does all the time. Right. But like there, there are definitely moments of, of like actual vulnerability. That's not over the top vulnerability. Right. Um, like I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, after, after her suicide attempt, I feel like, you know, that's, that's probably as vulnerable as we see her. Um, Yeah. uh, I'll give you that one. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, she's just like, just, just a lot. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess there's probably real people like that. Probably. Uh, I mean, I've, I've definitely experienced people that, uh, just 
have made me feel the way I felt about her in this movie. Yeah. But, but you know, even those people, you know, can turn it off every once in a while. Right. Uh, just, man, she just made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and I guess, I mean, you know, we are experiencing this story through the eyes of, you know, Joe Gillis. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, you know, I, you know, is our hero of sorts. Right. Um, but, you know, like, like, especially towards the beginning when he first meets her, his, you know, wariness of her and, and uncomfortableness, you know, around her, uh, really comes through. Yeah. And, And you do empathize with his you know situation at that point uh but then you know he eventually i don't know if it's just uh getting beaten down or just you know becoming not a great person himself (laughs) yeah i mean he's he's kind of an asshole to begin with i sort of i feel like yeah a little bit but then but then yeah he definitely I, I feel like he just sort of, you know, he, he becomes accustomed to, you know, I guess having, for for lack of a better word, a, a sugar mama who just takes care of him. And, and like, yeah, he knows she's crazy, but also he's, he's sort of taken her for a ride as well. And he, right. it seems like he knows that from the beginning. So, um yeah, th- there does come a point where he sort of like he he accepts that this is happening to him, and he's he's gonna get as much out of it as he can, um, regardless of you know what she what she says or feels or whatever. Like like he there there are some points where he's just straight up antagonizing her. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. There there are definitely parts where he does not come off great uh but i feel like his you know i don't want to say vulnerable side but uh just more empathetic uh side uh comes through more often than hers does at all yeah i can i can see that i mean you you sort of you sort of sympathize with the like he he just sort of gets he gets stuck in this situation that he that is that is entirely not what he signed up for. Right. And then, you know, there there does come a point where he realizes if he just rolls with it that that he can come out ahead, basically. But yeah. he is he is still sort of trapped uh li- living with a crazy person, basically. <laughs> right. And yeah. Two crazy people? Yeah, I, I, I would, I would say that that Max is Max is a different kind of crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I was uh, honestly shocked at uh, the reveal of uh, Max's backstory. Yeah, I, I was too. Actually, I had completely forgotten that from my first viewing of the movie. <laughs> so that was. Like, like as he went in on it, I was like, wait, there's going to be something here. I vaguely remember this. And then, yeah, he 
he he said what he said, and I was like, "Oh man, that's <laughs> that's rough." <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's alluded to early that Max has you know some sort of history, uh, but you know, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, you know, German guy in the fifties. You know, I was thinking, you know, Nazi. Yeah, honestly, I was too. I was okay. like, oh, this guy, this guy is a secret former Nazi, right? <laughs> All right, I'm glad it wasn't just me then. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not nearly as nefarious, but uh, it's still uh, uh, weird. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So this is, I mean, you know, on IMDb, it is classified as a, a, you know, crime drama or a film noir. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely not like any noir I've ever seen before. Yeah. It's not as, you know, there's no private detective. It's not as, it's not as straight up mystery, basically. Like you, you sort of know, you start off knowing how it ends and then it's, the mystery is how it gets there. Right. Uh, I mean, it has, you know, certain tropes, uh, like, uh, you know, a narration, which I'll be honest, I didn't care for that much. Yeah. It's, it's a little much at times. Uh, but, you know, I also, it, this is one of those instances where I don't know if it's because I'm aware that it's a trope. And maybe it wasn't so much back in 1950 mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, I'm just, you know, you know, th- this may have been a novelty back then. And I'm just, uh, you know, a cynical bastard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is is it a trope? Like, was was this movie doing something tropey or is it a trope because of this movie? Right. So I didn't do as much research on this movie as, you know, I've done on some of the other ones we've watched, but I just kind of did a skim through of uh, Wikipedia and uh, double indemnity got brought up a lot while I was reading. Okay. Uh, Which I think, I know Jason and I watched for gutter trash. I don't remember if you were a guest on that episode or not. I was not. I think I actually recommended it to you because I you did lo- recommend it. it yeah. I love that movie. It's a really great movie. Uh, yeah. So anyone listening out there, definitely check out Double Indemnity. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of, uh, I guess, comparisons between the two movies. Uh, like you know, even at one point they said Fred McMurray uh, was being. Uh, uh, bandied about as you know doing the uh, Joe Gillis role. Oh wow! Uh, and you know it's been a few years, so I don't remember, but I know that movie starts out with you know him basically dying and telling the story of the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't recall there actually being a lot of narration in that one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there. Actually, now that I think about it, he might narrate a lot of it. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely not as heavy 
there there is a there's heavy narration in this movie in in sunset boulevard i think compared to to double indemnity but yeah you're right because that's that's all store all told in flashback of him telling the story to edward g robinson as he dies right so yeah i you know the the idea of fred mcmurray as joe gillis like i i think i like the the uh the sort of edge that william holden brings to that character like there's just something about him that's a little rougher yeah whereas like fred mcmurray is you know he's he's just this you know classically handsome He's Captain Marvel, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, which is part of why it works so well in Double Indemnity because he is completely playing against type. Right. Um, but I liked that, you know. He he sort of uh, Joe Gillis, uh, William Holden, sort of starts off already kind of kind of sketchy, questionable, and then just sure yeah. goes goes from there. I think another thing that helps and. You know, just to compare it to Fred Mur- uh, McMurray, who, you know, like you said, he is a, a handsome man. Uh, but William Holden is, like, movie star handsome. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I don't mean it to sound like he's not a good-looking man, because he is a good-looking man. No. But uh, I think that also helps in this movie. Like, like Fred McMurray is a handsome and an everyday man kind of way. Yeah. Uh, whereas William Holden is just, you know, that is a guy who was built to be, you know, a movie star. Yeah, I think that's that's a good, that's a really good analogy. Um, and I think if he were more of an everyday kind of guy, uh, like you said, like William Holden just has that extra edge to him uh, that, you know, with the movie star good looks combined to him being kind of, you know, sketchy, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that all works for that character for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, uh, and, and he is also very good in this movie. And I, I feel like, I feel like he gets more opportunity to show a wider range of, uh, you know, moods and emotions in this movie than Gloria Swanson does. Uh, but, you know, I definitely feel like, you know, Gloria Swanson is the, you know, she's the one who, you know, would get all the accolades for just being so over the top throughout the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Joe Gillis is is slightly more well-rounded than than Norma Desmond is. I think part of that too is that we get to see him interact with a lot more a lot more different types of people True. than than we do Norma Desmond. Most of her scenes are with him or Max. Right. Um and there's there's really only one one or two scenes where other characters are around. Um, but, but yeah, so, so, you know, we, we get a little bit more depth from him just by virtue of him being in a wider variety of settings, I guess. Sure. Very true. Uh, and and, you know, like, like you kind of, I mean, we, we've sort of 
dance around it that, you know, in some of those situations, he is kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, like, the one of his first scenes when he's trying to, like, you know, sell a script uh, to, to a producer or whatever. Uh, and uh, the first time he meets uh, Betty, is that her name? Yes, Betty, okay. Betty Schaefer. Uh, he, he's just, yeah, he's just kind of a, a scuzzy dick. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's all, you know, what, what leads us into, you know, the, the unfolding of the plot. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's a, he's a male, a white male writer. Yep. <laughs> so he's a scuzzy <laughs> dick. Is he the Aaron Sorkin? Of, oh. uh, <laughs> 1949. <laughs> no, because I, I think uh, I think Aaron Sorkin thinks everything that he writes will win an Academy Award. <laughs> uh, that is true. He, uh, he he does seem humble about his work. <laughs> oh. Did you catch uh, where uh, Joe Gillis is from? Yes, I did. <laughs> Nine three seven represent. Heck yeah! <laughs> that is why I picked this movie is because I like movies about Joe G's from Dayton. <laughs> I can really relate to those. <laughs> I did uh, when he first mentions Dayton. Uh, he's talking about uh, the newspaper that he used to work for. I paused the movie to look to see if that was a real paper. Was it a real paper? It was not. Aww. At least not that I could find. <laughs> uh, he says he, he, was, uh, he was a writer for the Dayton Evening Post. Uh, but uh, we had uh, the Dayton Evening News, and then it changed its name to the Dayton Daily News. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is close. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he does mention Dayton a couple times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like any proud Daytonian, I, you know, got really excited. Yeah, I, I wish <laughs> it had come up more. <laughs> it should have just been set in Dayton. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Norma, I know you want to make this movie. Uh, there's really good tax credits in uh, good old Dayton, Ohio. Hey, there have been some great movies made in Dayton. <laughs> Such as? <laughs> American Factory. Uh, Gummo. <laughs> Actually not shot in Dayton. No. Just takes place in Xenia. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, a real, real brief rundown of the plot to this movie uh, for for the the listener who hasn't seen it. Joe Gillis is a an out of work uh, screenwriter who uh, chances upon the residence of uh, a former silent movie star Norma Desmond and uh, sort of. Like she, she recruits him to help her with a script for her big, uh, big return to, to movies and, uh, things get weird from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, features, uh, well, at least 
two real life people playing themselves in the movie. Yeah, I saw, uh, I think, six or seven listed in the credits. Uh, they they show up, but uh, they're never named by name. Okay, all right, fair so, enough. You know. Uh, Sorry. But, uh, fine. <laughs> this is how the podcast ends. <laughs> Quibbling over credits. For a 70-year-old movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, Buster Keaton shows up, uh, but, you know, I guess a bunch of old uh, silent movie actors and actresses are, are in that bridge scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I only recognized Buster Keaton. I actually, uh, uh, I did not recognize Buster Keaton, but I knew that was him. Um, the, the only person that I recognized was, um, I think, is it Harry Warner? I think was the, the other male bridge player. Okay. Um, I recognized him as, uh, he played Mr. Gower and it's a wonderful life. Uh, okay. I've never seen that movie. Ah, oh, it's, it's a nice movie. I'm sure it is. <laughs> That, that one, I think, is definitely one that's uh, more so embedded into, you know, the American psyche that I, I kind of feel like I don't need to. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> there, there's, there's not a lot new that isn't already out there in the ether. Right. Uh, it's it's uh, public domain, isn't it? Uh, I know it was for a while. I don't think it is anymore. Okay. I want to say maybe like Turner bought it or something. Because yeah, they used to show it all the time. Right. And and it's also one of those movies that gets featured in movies. Right. Uh, Like in in horror movies, uh, like if you see a character watching, you know, TV, like 90% of the time it's going to be Night of the Living Dead. That makes sense. Because, you know, it's public domain. Right. Uh, and I feel like with Christmas movies, like, you know, you see a character watching a movie and that it's, you know, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's probably the most famous Christmas movie. I would have, yeah, I had to say so. That and Die Hard. That and Die Hard, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the most famous New Year's movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's When Harry Met Sally. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or the uh, Gary Marshall film, New Year's Eve. (laughs) Rest in power, Gary Marshall. Yes, Mr. Marshall. (laughs) Please call me Gary. (laughs) Uh, So this... uh, this movie also featured an appearance from uh, Joe Friday himself. Yes. Jack Webb. Yes. And uh, I don't know if it's just because I was, you know, so familiar with him as Joe Friday that I did not recognize him at all in wow. this movie. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Uh, like, he just looks different. His voice is different. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, he he looks like a child in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I have no idea, like when Dragnet was on. I want to say uh, it started sometime in the fifties. It, it was, yeah. Uh, I looked him up. Uh, it was 
mid to late fifties. Okay. And yeah, this movie came out in 1950 and I swear he looks 20 years younger in this movie than he does on Dragnet. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know, maybe it's just like, you know, one of those things where, you know, the impression of somebody is like somebody else's impression of, you know, a celebrity or whatever is like what you have in your head. Yeah. So like, you know, like, like let's say Johnny Carson, like most people aren't actually doing Johnny Carson. They're doing like Dana Carvey's version of Johnny Carson. Right. Uh, it's, but like in my head, like I have like, you know, the Joe Friday, you know, voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like hearing his voice in this movie, which is like, it's not like high pitched or anything like that, but it is light and it has a lilt to it. Uh, like it threw me for a loop. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched a lot of Dragnet when I was a kid. I watched a lot of Nick at Night in general. Um, so, yeah, just seeing him in this, is it's completely... Like, he, he is almost unrecognizable in this yeah. movie. As, as, you, as you attested, you did not recognize him. So, yeah, and I, I don't know, you know... Maybe that's a testament to how good he is as Bill... Or as uh, Joe Friday. That he, just, that he just disappears into that role. Uh, I just, like, I saw his name in, you know, the credits, and I was, I was expecting, you know, Joe Friday. Right. Like, I figured, you know, he'd either be playing a detective of some sort, or, uh, you know, at the very least, like, you know, some sort of, like, you know, shady movie producer. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's just, uh, just, uh, just a lovable hapless uh, writer or yeah whatever. who gets cuckolded by <laughs> by joe gillis yeah what so, a what a cuck yeah <laughs> beta cuck <laughs> soy boy <laughs> so uh so the relationship between joe and betty uh there was a point where, like, I thought to myself, you know what? This is refreshing. Yeah. That, uh, you know, they, you know, she is, uh, her character is engaged to, to Jack Webb's character, Artie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Joe, there's definitely, like, some sexual tension between Joe and Betty, but, uh, you know, they're both, you know, smart enough to, to, you know, not pursue it, and you know, uh, I felt like this was a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, it it would have been a <laughs> somewhat progressive move, I think, for the movie to just have to have a male character and a female character just be friends, friends and coworkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then the the like almost immediately right <laughs> as soon as i had that thought <laughs> they go in the they go in the bathroom <laughs> and things get sexy <laughs> as they often do in the bathroom yep <laughs> where i do all my sexy times oh yeah <laughs> all of it oh no <laughs> Let's move on. All right. 
for no, I, our I, uh, Patreon listeners, we'll be talking more about that in depth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, subscribe to our OnlyFans to hear us talk about. I don't know. Is that is that right? Is that what that's for? Sure. <laughs> Oh, I think we lost <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> Did we have any? <laughs> Not on OnlyFans, that's for sure. Well, sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I did like I liked their relationship. It's it's interesting because I like I don't know how old William Holden is. Like I I I feel like he's older than she is. Uh, you know those those are various questions that i often have myself when watching uh, particularly older movies yeah uh because at the same time i i was also wondering like what's the age difference between him and gloria swanson right yeah uh-huh. I, I i feel like he sort of falls in my mind he falls smack in the middle between their two ages between gloria swanson's <laughs> and uh uh, Be- uh betty schaefer's uh so i think i you know my math may be wrong, but, uh, you know, I looked up and, uh, I feel like he was 29, 30 when this movie was being filmed. Okay. Uh, and, uh, Betty, whoever that actress is, uh, she was 22. Okay. Which, uh, I think like even in the movie, she says she's 22. So accurate. Yeah. Uh, and Gloria Swanson was 50. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, I, I figured she was either, you know, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's, it's interesting, like, the, cause, cause he is, you know, the, the relationship between Joe and, and Norma is, you know, older woman, younger guy, and he's sort of using her for her money and, and status and stuff. And then, you know, the relationship between him and Betty, uh, who I looked up her, her, the actress's name is Nancy Olson. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the relationship between them is, you know, older guy, younger woman, and she's sort of, sort of drafting off of his ideas. And, and, you know, she, she's, you know, using him for, for different reasons. Um, it's just, I thought it was interesting, sort of the parallels between their relationship and then the, the, you know, different ways in which everyone's using each other, basically. Yeah. Uh, I would say Betty is not so much using Joe. Uh, she, I mean, he, she is like taking his ideas and he is actually encouraging her to do so. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's, that's a better way to put it. And she, I think, is more insistent about it being a partnership, uh, whereas, you know, with Joe and Norma, it is a little more parasitic. Yeah, well, he's a ghostwriter for her, so, like, well, yeah, yeah. and whatever work he does for her, no one will ever know that he did it. Right. Uh, but, you know, he's also much more than just a ghostwriter for him. right <laughs> <laughs> he's her gentleman friend yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it is 
like they never explicitly say in the movie like you know just how far their relationship actually goes like he's definitely a kept man Mm -hmm. and she definitely dotes on him but you know they still sleep in separate bedrooms uh it's never really implied that there's any kind of sexual thing going on between them uh not explicitly anyway yeah i i feel like there's is there one part where like they're about to embrace or like they're about to kiss and then the the camera or like the scene cuts to to something else so maybe it's implied that there's more there i i i don't think i'm making that up i i don't recall it myself but you know i sure I, I think it may be after her suicide attempt okay. when he when he's trying to console her that may be where that is but I don't I don't remember I should have taken notes there eh, it's fine uh, the, the only thing I remember after her suicide attempt is him like coming into her bedroom uh, which I think is the moment that he essentially turns yeah you know but uh, like he comes into the bedroom and like takes off her shoes and sits in a chair uh, and she tells him that he shouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. The end of that scene is what I'm thinking of. Okay. That I, that I am either imagining <laughs> what it appears to be about to be a kiss or actually is, uh, is a physical thing. Yeah. I don't, I, if it happened, I, I missed it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, even, even, uh, you know, they, they do sleep in separate bedrooms, but, you know, the bedroom that he sleeps in is the one that belongs to her three husbands before him. So, uh, yeah, you true. know, there's there's precedent there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, none of, the, none of the doors have locks. Yeah, you know, there's... Man, that's, that's, that's weird, but there's also a super cool shot. Um, it's, it's uh, like... Cause she, she, after a while she starts going to bed super early and then he sneaks out at night to go, to go right with Betty. Yeah. And, uh, like the, there was just a really, what I thought was really neat where like he sits down in a chair and looks over towards the doors, like it's double doors. So there's two empty doorknob holes basically that look like eyes yep. like, as the light comes in and then. And then the lights go out, like the eyes are closed, and that's when he knows that he's safe to leave. I just thought that was really cool. No, yeah, there's a lot of cool shots of this movie. Yeah, you know, and you know, unfortunately, you know, for me anyway, it's it's still one of those things where, like, okay, did they do something new and innovative there, or you know, is this? I'm just used to stuff like this now. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I can but, still but, appreciate it, even if it's... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite scenes and shots in the movie is uh, when Norma visits the uh, studio. Yes. And uh, uh, Cecil DeMille is, you know, there playing himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, he is not expecting her, and uh, I mean, really doesn't want her there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know they they have a previous relationship, and uh, he is trying to 
humor and placate her and, and, you know, has some nostalgia and fondness for her, for sure. Uh, but he uh, steps away to go find out exactly why she is there. Uh, and she is left alone on the set, you know, sitting in his chair. And the character inexplicably named Hogeye... <laughs> Uh, shines a spotlight on her and she becomes like enveloped by you know the cast and crew of the movie set yeah I, I just thought that was just a very neat uh, sequence altogether. definitely yeah my, my favorite part of that was actually uh, like right after DeMille leaves her like she's sitting in his chair and she's wearing this this hat with like a big feather on it Sure. That like sticks up into the air, and a boom mic uh, passes overhead and sort of bumps into her. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked that, just as like you know, even without like she's not in the movie, but she's still you know bristled by just the fact that like the sound equipment basically is still <laughs> just bumping into her, and and she's in the way of this the sound. The sound, basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just I thought that was really clever. I I had not put that together. I'm pretty smart. I don't know yeah. if you know that. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and humble too. That's right. I'm the humblest. <laughs> no one's done more for the humble community than I have. <laughs> Do you think he's gonna leave? God, I hope so. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he may be the first president to be shot by the Secret Service. What? Maybe they'll maybe they'll set up cameras, and then he'll, you know, he'll have a psychotic break, and then he'll he'll only leave because he thinks he's on he's on TV. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I could actually see that happening. I, I could too, actually. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that's where I was going, but I got there. <laughs> uh, he may be the Norma Desmond of our time. He might be. Yikes. He is just as crazy. Yeah, I, I we don't know if Norma Desmond is racist. No, I'm imagining she is. But it was that time, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah oh she, man, I, I will say she she definitely comes off uh, as you know possibly smart. Yeah, just deluded. Yeah, definitely. Just absolutely delusional. Who among us isn't a little delusional? Very true. Uh, (laughs) I have a friend who just uh, came out and said that uh, he was super smart. Okay. It's a little bit delusional. That is a little delusional, yeah. Boy, who's that that idiot? Uh, We don't need to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Is he a Joe G from Dayton? It's possible. (laughs) And a writer. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> White male writers. 
Oh boy. Can we can can we talk about the the David Lynch of this movie? Gordon Cole? Gordon Cole. Yes, yes we can. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh that was uh I I feel like I knew that uh the Gordon Cole of Twin Peaks fam was named after the character in this movie who yeah. shows up for literally 10 seconds. Right. <laughs> but uh, I was still surprised when the name came up and got very excited uh, and then paused the movie to look it up to see if uh, that's what, you know, the David Lynch Gordon Cole was named after. And, and it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I very vaguely remembered that, remembered reading that after after uh we watched twin peaks i think when i when i was crazy about twin peaks trivia i remember seeing that uh it's uh it's one of those like i wonder what it was about that particular character that stuck out to david lynch to say i'm gonna name a character after this yeah that's a good question (laughs) and then play him myself (laughs) or he just thought it was a really good name I mean, it is. Like, what a waste to to blow it on this side character. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty good name. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just, uh, like, I wonder, you know, still, you know, what it is that he saw other than that, or, you know, again, why he decided, hey, I need to play this character, and he's gonna be super fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he didn't seem to have a hearing problem in in Sunset Boulevard. Nope, nope. <laughs> he did have somewhat similar hair. <laughs> that they did. Maybe that was it. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> but I mean, that's just David Lynch's hair, right? That's true. He has got some good hair. He does definitely. I'm I'm very jealous of people's hair lately. <laughs> I also wondered if uh, if Betty in Mulholland Drive was named after Betty in Sunset Boulevard. Like, I can't remember if we ever know if she ever even has a full name in Mulholland Drive. Because, you know, <laughs> that movie's weird and she's <laughs> that's not her real name. I've never <laughs> seen that movie. So, Oh I my god, know. seriously? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. Nope. <laughs> uh but i did uh I, you know i i did forget the actress's name here but you know while i was you know watching the movie you know i, I looked it up and saw that her her name was uh uh nancy olsen and i wondered if uh uh nope never mind never no mind. i'm <laughs> i'm nope just, uh, I'm gonna cut this part out. Okay. <laughs> Are you thinking of Peggy Olsen and Mad Men? Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we can we can drop a cut point right here. All right. And so. So, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, what you did? Did you enjoy the movie? I did. Um, you did know, you fall asleep? I did not. Excellent. Um, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I will say that, you know, Gloria Swanson's performance 
kind of took me out of it a little bit just okay. because she is playing it so big. Sure. Uh, it's it's just a, and uh, I guess you know of the time you know like everyone was kind of playing you know big in movies, but she is so over the top, like even for that era. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I just need a little subtle with my crazy every once in a while. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I wonder if, um, if it was like, cause I'm sure that, you know, actors have their, you know, sort of public facing personas and then the, you know, sort of personas for, for being in movies that they project, you know, outside of, outside of the characters they're playing, you know, you know what I mean by, right, right. by that. Right. And I wonder if it was a thing where like, like Norma Desmond had her persona, and then she just never, like, she just never dropped it. You know. And, and, and that's how she ended up the way that she did. I mean, now that you say it that way, you know, I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, because cause even at the end when she has fully snapped. Yeah. Uh, I mean... And like I said, you know, she starts the movie at 11. Uh, and here she's about, like, you know, a, a 28, 29. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's still just, you know, uh, 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 an amplification of, you know, what she has been doing the whole movie. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, I, I definitely feel like that, you know, especially the way she acts around, you know, the other people that we see her interact with, like other than Joe or Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, she is definitely 100% persona, you know, all the time. Yeah, and, and I bet part of that, too, probably made her a really good silent actress. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the silent actors, or silent actors have to be more you know sort of bigger and more emotive because they don't have the sound to rely on so All right. like, I wonder if maybe that's also part of why she wasn't able to make it as a as a sound or in, in the talkies right because she was so big I feel like I've, I've heard a lot of stories uh, from from other podcasts about you know actors from the silent era who tried to transition into sound and just couldn't do it for, you know, one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, your, your explanation has kind of turned me around on it now. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to convince you, but <laughs> no, I, I know, but, uh, I mean, I will say that was other than the narration was like the one major issue I had with the movie. It didn't stop me from enjoying it, but yeah, you know, it did pull me out of it occasionally, but you know, I can see that now as being part of that character. Yeah. And it definitely makes it more palatable and it makes more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I did really enjoy this movie. Uh, you know, it's, 
again, the same thing with every classic movie, I feel, especially one that has the reputation that this one does, you know, uh, you know, it's never going to be as good, I think, but, but it was still really good. Yeah. You know, I can definitely see why it deserves to be called a classic. Yeah, definitely. And again, just, just on the basis of, you know, references to it in other things alone. (laughs) You're, you're more, more culturally aware now by virtue of knowing the source of all of those references. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you had seen this before, right? I had, yeah. I'd, I think I'd only seen it once, though. And like I said, it was it was when I was in college, so it was probably like fifteen years ago. So it, it was it was I remembered a lot from it, but there was also a lot that was like watching it again for the first time. So heart highly recommend watching it every fifteen years. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I'll check back when I'm fifty-seven. Perfect. Older than Norma Desmond. <laughs> but not greater, darling. No, never. <laughs> uh, All right. So, uh, what's uh, anything been bringing you any kind of, uh, you know, joy or at this point, distraction? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Probably just the fact that that Jenny is almost done with her treatment. That's good. It, it is really nice to know uh, she has at at this point she has only two two rounds of radiation left. So wow. like by by this time next week she'll be all done and and you know still be still be dealing with some some side effects and stuff. But you know we won't sure. have to we won't have to be going to the doctor every day or you know. She she won't be put through as much uh, after after next week. So so that that's probably you know, it's it's I guess I don't know if it's bringing me joy, but it's giving me something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean it's got to be a relief at least. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's great, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I mean just things seem to be looking all right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, good, you know. Good. Yeah. <laughs> as far as we know. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad. What glad about for you? The both of you. Thank you. Oh, uh, well, mine's going to look like a piece of shit now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about some dumb comic that you read. <laughs> uh, well, boy, you know, a couple <laughs> weeks ago I mentioned that uh, I was looking forward to uh, Dracula, motherfucker. Right. Uh, I, I did finally read that, and uh, oh, I was really disappointed with it. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the art was fantastic, but the the story itself I, I wasn't particularly thrilled with. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, but but the thing that did bring me like a true moment of stupid pop culture joy. Um. <clears throat> So, do you remember YouTube Red? I do. <laughs> the, uh, the not porn YouTube premium channel. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the YouTube Red brought us uh, uh, Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. 
which is uh, now currently uh, found a home on Netflix, and uh, you know it, it got a lot of praise, and, and deservedly so. It, it, it's a great, great show. Uh, but there was another YouTube Red show that uh, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And, of course, nobody watched it, and it got canceled after one season. Okay. And, you know, destined to be, you know, just forgotten, you know, and as, as a footnote, as, you know, part of uh, what that, you know, dead service was. Right. Uh, but uh, the season that exists is now available to watch on Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, and, I mean, I don't know if it'll get, you know, picked up again, or, you know, if it's still just going to be so niche that only I enjoy it, but uh, it was a TV show called Wayne. Okay. Uh, that is absolutely fantastic. And it's... Uh, uh, I think some of the production team of the Deadpool movies uh, were behind it. Oh, nice. Um, but it is... Uh, it's uh, it's hilarious, and it's, uh, you know, at times touching. And it's also incredibly violent and vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> so just like Deadpool. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's about a uh, kid named uh, Wayne from, uh, you know, Massachusetts, who uh, his father dies, and uh, he finds out that uh, uh, his father had meant to have uh, meant him to have this classic car that he had, uh, but it's now in Florida, and so he. Uh, essentially kidnaps a girl and uh, drives down to Florida to get the car back. Okay. Uh, but he's also just uh, he's he's a teenage vigilante. Interesting. With, uh, a hammer who idolizes Conan. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright. It's great. Uh, it's it's uh, then you know, just uh, some of the side characters are also just uh, equally as amazing as uh, the main character. All right. Uh, highly recommend it. And uh, the fact that it is now available on Prime and more people can watch it uh, brought me uh, some joy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, there, there was another YouTube show that I had wanted to watch. I think it was on YouTube. Uh, I think it was called Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on TV. I have heard of that. Uh, I think I watched an episode and just did not care for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that definitely was a show. Yeah, I'll have to see uh, if that's on Prime because I wanted to watch that. Yeah. Uh, your mileage may vary. Yeah. I, I know. I just I like Ryan Hansen from Party Down and Veronica Mars. So I, I do as well. Uh, you know, if... Uh, I had control of the world, uh, he'd be my pick for uh, Booster Gold in a Booster Gold movie. Oh, man, that'd be so perfect. <laughs> That's such a good pick. <laughs> oh, uh, and, man. Uh, possibly Adam Scott as Blue Beetle. That'd be perfect, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do we make this happen? Uh, we need to... Be Zack Snyder. I got it. Write, write a letter to James Gunn. 
Okay. Have him work those characters into the Peacemaker show on HBO Max, and then they can get their own HBO Max spinoff. Okay. I think this is, is probably the best way to go about this. Makes sense to me. Is there a Peacemaker show? Yes, there is. What? Yeah, the spinoff from, from The Suicide Squad. It's already... They've already started production on it, I think. I read right. earlier this John, week. John Cena reprising his role? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I guess he makes it through The Suicide Squad. It could be a prequel. Also true. <laughs> also... I mean, like, the reaction I had when I saw the, the you know, uh, cast list and, and what characters they were playing for Suicide Squad, uh, when I saw Peacemaker and saw that it was a comic-accurate costume, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, great, but... Also, Peacemaker? (laughs) (laughs) Alright. People love the comedian. (laughs) Fan favorite character from the Watchmen movie. (laughs) I don't know. Is he? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, Probably. (laughs) I mean, you know... Uh, well, I mean, I would guess Rorschach is probably more. Probably, yeah. yeah. For all the wrong reasons. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, I uh, guess I should pick a movie. If you would like to. Uh, I, I would. Alright. Uh, so, this is a movie that I've actually... For, like, almost the last year, I have thought about wanting to see again. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure where my desire to see it came from, uh, but, you know, it was just popped in my head like a year ago, and I was just like, oh, wow, yeah. And then um, I saw that it has recently been added to Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, so hopefully it will still be there <laughs> next week <laughs> if it has been recently added. Uh, it's a movie that I saw in like 1990 or whenever the hell it came out, but I haven't seen it since. And it's called Alien Nation. Okay. With uh, James Caan and Mandy Patinkin. Interesting. uh, Alien Nation is two words? Yes. Okay. Was Uh, there a TV series based on that? Yes, there was. And a comic series. All right. Yeah, I I remember... uh, I never watched it, but I remember seeing the commercials for the TV series. I, I think I saw, like... Part of an episode of the TV series, but uh, never, never gave it my full attention. Gotcha. But I remember enjoying the movie thirty years ago. <laughs> well, let's find out if it holds up. All right. Well, sounds good. All right, cool. Well, uh, Alienation, uh, Alienation on Amazon Prime. Excellent. We will talk about that next week. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you. Talk to you then. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on the Viewmasters. Masters.